Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi everyone, we are still on hiatus between seasons, but today we're thrilled to share a conversation that I was lucky enough to have with the beloved genius, Nicole Perkins. If you are a longtime listener of Hot and Bothered, you have heard Nicole's voice before. She's been on three times now. She is a writer and a podcaster. She hosts the podcast The Prince Mixtape, a podcast about the life and legacy of Prince. And she previously hosted This Is Good For You and Thirst Aid Kit. She's the author of a memoir, Sometimes I Trip, on how happy we could be. And she's also a poet, and her poetry collection is called Lilith But Dark. She is also, most importantly, a romance reader, a friend of Hot and Bothered, and she's leading a pilgrimage in May of 2024 with our pilgrimage project, Common Ground Pilgrimages. She will be guiding 20 pilgrims through an incredible four-day itinerary in Edinburgh, Scotland. And as true for all of our pilgrimages, this is designed around a specific book. And in this case, it is our first ever romance novel, A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole. Nicole joined me to talk about her relationship to this text and romance fiction more broadly. We start off talking about her history with reading romance novels, and the very first one she read, which is not surprising given what's out there, had some dubious consent in it, and so you are going to hear us talking about that. And so if you would like to skip forward, I understand, but I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So Nicole, first things first. When did you first start reading romance? Okay, probably around eight years old. Um, <gasps> Was yeah. it your grandma's books? My my great-grandmother, yes. But the thing is, my great-grandmother, I later learned, did not know how to read. Oh, wow. She did, she did not know how to read. But when she had passed, my mother got her break front, like a big old china cabinet, and we had it in our hallway. And there was this purple little mass paperback in there. And I pulled it out and it was a couple, a white couple on the front, dark haired. And there was like a little plantation hovering in the background and then a steamboat somewhere else in in the background. And, And, you know, they're like in the front, though, you know, clasped in an embrace. The Flame and the Flower by Kathleen E. Woodywis. <laughs> and so I read that book at eight years old. But fast forward a couple of years, and I'm in the fifth grade, so I'm about 10 at this point, and I had to do a book report. 
And I chose the flame. (laughs) Yes. I chose the flame and the flower as my book report. And we had to stand in front of the class and, and give the book report, right? So as I'm talking about the book, I am realizing, oh no, maybe their love story started off a little shaky because for those of you who may be unfamiliar, this is a story of Heather and Brandon. Brandon owns a plantation, ship captain, very rich. Heather, poor little English flower. Mm. You know, she was an orphan, was living with her abusive aunt. They connect because she's running away from somebody who tries to assault her. But Brandon ends up forcing her, as they say, (gasps) um, because he thinks that she is a prostitute because she was wandering the docks. And of course, any woman wandering the docks is a woman of the night. Sure. So they have this night together where basically he's holding her prisoner, although he doesn't think that he's holding her prisoner. She escapes, goes back home six weeks later. Her abusive aunt is watching her take a bath. And she realizes that Heather, this beautiful, wonderful, thin woman, suddenly has a little paunch to her belly. And she's like, who's breeding you? Who's been, who have you been with? We're going to find him and we're going to make him marry you. So she does just that. Brandon and Heather get married. And then he takes Heather away from, you know, the shores of London to his plantation in America And she has to learn how to live with this man. But of course, they fall in love with each other. And there's also like this other side story where people are mysteriously ending up dead. Oh, God. So there's a mystery to solve. Who is killing all of these people? Will Heather and Brandon fall in love? (laughs) That is... I am laughing. This does not sound like a funny book. I am picturing 10-year-old Nicole presenting this to her fifth grade class being like what why are you guys looking at me like that yes so it wasn't until I was sharing all of this in the way that I'm sharing it now that I realized oh maybe this is not really so sweet you know the start of it is not so sweet but it was so lush and vivid and Kathleen what it was writing is I mean there's a reason she is a legend right and so I read every book of hers I could get my hands on I was going to the library. And again, I'm a child. And these books are like the large print editions because I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I'm just going, I'm like, this is where the romances are. And obviously, of course, at the time, the only people reading romances were, you know, older women who needed the large print fonts for these things. So I'm just reading all of this stuff and just gobbling it up. Wait, can you just backtrack for one second? Why do you think your great grandmother owned all of these books if she couldn't read? Was someone reading them to her? Was this a part of like some sexy thing in her life? I don't think so. My great-grandmother worked as a domestic. And so I have assumed that she got the break front from her employers. Mm -hmm. And they just gave her the whole kit and caboodle. And she just kept it as is. Yeah. But I have such fond memories of walking past that break front and seeing those books, getting those books and just... Reading stuff that I probably should not have been reading, obviously, but that is the very long convoluted story of how I fell in love with romance novels. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild, right? The way that those books came into your life. For sure. But I'm wondering, I would love to hear your theory on what Grace is, because you and I are leading a pilgrimage together next year, and we're going to be looking at one of 
both of our favorite romance novels, Duke by Default, by Alyssa Cole, through the theme of grace, which is the theme you picked because you're the lead faculty. But it sounds like, to some extent, your experience just with romance has been one of grace, of like something bringing out something totally new in you. And so I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your relationship to the word grace, what it means to you. Yeah, so I think in those early years of reading romance novels, well, maybe not even just the early years, but as I got older and I realized, okay, some of the ways that women had to express desire, we had to give them grace because when we're talking about things like dubious consent, when it comes to those old school historical romances that we're reading or even those 80s contemporary romances where the men were actually just terrible and, you know, they were forcing themselves on women in various different ways. We have to extend those authors grace because that is basically the only way that they could show women learning how to desire, learning what desire is, because we were not allowed to say, this is what I want. It had to be forced on us or we had to discover it in some like traumatic way. It was never like we could be in our own power. It had to be diluted some kind of way. So I think instead of us looking at these authors and thinking, oh, they're actually terrible. This book is terrible. Why would anybody read this? We have to extend a certain kind of forgiveness. That's what I feel like grace is. Grace is a kind of forgiveness, a kind of understanding and a a compassion. That's what I think when I think about grace, when it comes to like romance novels and, and the authors and how we can extend grace to them. And again, just kind of remember this came out during a different time period where a lot of Women were still struggling with how to present their design. And women are still struggling today. And not just women, any everybody, right? It's just like, how do we, how do we express what we want? How do we figure out the pleasurable side of life? And pleasure doesn't necessarily mean sex or romance or anything like that. But you know, something that I struggled with from the start of the pandemic is how do I take my leisure time? And leave it as leisure and not feel compelled to be productive. Maybe I just need to rest for a little bit and that's okay. And that's also where we can give ourselves grace and we can be compassionate towards ourselves. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying also just makes me think of the grace that we have to extend to romance readers of that time. I was so judgmental watching my mother read romance when I was growing up. And I've gone back and read some of them that she was reading. And I'm like, what is this? I'm just like, no, right? Like that was where her mind was allowed to go at the time. So I'd say it's like inevitable, right? You know, there was this rise of romance reading over lockdown, right? And I think that that is entirely because of like what you're talking about. It makes sense to me that everybody suddenly figured out this thing that you and I have known for a long time, which is that romance novels are places, you know, of liberation, Absolutely. Liberation, of course, pleasure, but also hope. Yeah, That's what I tend to tell people who have never read romances before and are kind of still stuck in that. Why would anybody want to read that? You know, those disparaging comments that people make about romances. But I'm like, ultimately, it is about hope. It is about overcoming whatever obstacle, either the obstacle to love or the obstacle to career success or something like that that's folded in the story as well. And that's what we needed, you know, at the start of the pandemic. And we still need it. We always need hope, 
right? That is the thing that gets left in the Pandora's box. And so when everything else is circling around us, we can just crack open a romance novel. And yes, it's an escape, but also it kind of, I mean, if we really want to get super cheesy, it kind of gives you a lights a little fire under you to keep going and to realize that like, yes, this is fictional, but also maybe it's inspired by something. And if I could find my own inspiration in life, I can keep going. You know, yeah. so that's kind of, that's how I see romance and like the whole thing of extending grace uh, to yourselves and others. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. So we asked you to lead a pilgrimage with us, and we were like, we think it would be really fun if you picked a romance novel, but obviously pick whatever book you want. And you were like, nope, Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, which worked out really well for me because the Reluctant Royal series is one of my like top five favorite series. And I'm just going to give a brief synopsis before I ask you why you picked it. So for the uninitiated, it's about this woman, Portia, and she is someone who it seems to the outside world that she can't get her life together, but she uses an apprenticeship with this Scottish sword maker who's super hot. His name is Tavish McKenzie. And she sort of uses this apprenticeship to figure out the next steps in her life. And guess what, guys? They get feelings for each other. But like, it really is just following this woman who has doubted herself for a really long time and is figuring out she has sort of a latent life diagnosis of ADHD and is figuring out how to integrate that into her life, all while falling in love and learning about a craft and why do you love this book so much? Because because it's so good. That's a great answer. Yes, it is so good. Also, I saw so much of myself in Portia with her ADHD diagnosis and trying to figure out how to manage that and how she can still be successful in whatever it is that she chooses to do. And looking back at the quote unquote mistakes that she's made and realizing, oh, Maybe that wasn't a mistake. Maybe that was just the way my disorder was manifesting itself. Right. And it's not just Portia who has to, you know, who gets new information about herself and has to reconcile her past and figure out her future. Tavish also gets new information about himself. So I really appreciate the parallels there between these two figures of getting new information about yourself and making sense of your past while trying to, like, have a successful future. And that is something that I've been struggling with. And also Portia has struggled with people's expectations of her and trying to fit those expectations of her when she was really also trying to figure out who she really was. And that is something that I have struggled with, just feeling like an outsider or a misfit in a lot of different ways. So I love this book because I saw myself in it. I was like, oh, maybe this is also part of my issue And I have been having a really hard year this year and I am learning to stop being mean to myself. I was going to say I'm learning to be less mean, but no, I am learning to stop being mean to myself when I mess up 
so that I do not, I do not burn myself out, you know? Yeah. And I want to use a Duke by default to talk about being kinder to yourself, trying not to burn yourself out in an attempt to please everybody or in an attempt to overcorrect or in an attempt to just kind of be something that you're not. And I see that in a Duke by default. And I wanted to highlight that romances are so much more than the clinch on the cover. Yeah. I think that's why these books and romance novels in general really appeal so widely to women in particular, right? This feeling of everything is my responsibility, right? I'm the one who has to read all the emails from the school, or I'm the one who has to do the planning, right? Like, even really privileged women, right? Like, it does feel like there's just this, like, undue burden and these really high expectations. And so I think learning to be kinder to ourselves, which I agree, and I hadn't thought of it in those frames before, but that is exactly what this novel is about for for both characters, but I think the one I'm more interested in is for Portia, right? Like, she's been given this diagnosis, and she goes from having a really difficult relationship to it to having, like, this very at-peace relationship with her diagnosis. That's just, like, a really beautiful arc to follow. And she she learns how to make her diagnosis work for her as opposed to feeling yeah. like it's something she has to combat all the time. Yes. Yes. And I, I think that that I think that that's important. Yeah. I love that it's also a book about careers, right? Like this is a book where the woman is in her late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. and she like hasn't figured it all out yet. These are people who are just like really actively growing in front of us. And it's a really touching story. And luckily for you and I, it takes place in Edinburgh. So we have to go to Scotland. Yes. For the pilgrimage for work. Yes, exactly. This is work. This is, you know, this is a professional thing. This is not just pleasure. No, we didn't want to go to Edinburgh, but we were like, well, that's where the book takes place. I guess we got to do it. (laughs) Exactly. And I've never been, so I'm very excited. And I'm just very, like, I have such anticipation good anticipation about what we're going to talk about and, you know, our own little self-discovery journeys that will go on during this time. And the book also just kind of reminds me, you can be a late bloomer and we are able to take as much time as we need in order to figure things out and figure things out that is a very vague and general guideline for us. But I think that's okay because we put so much pressure on ourselves all the time to be beautiful in this particular way, to be accomplished in that particular way, to be, you know, this kind of parent or this kind of lover or whatever. And, you know, sometimes you just have to like, let go. You got to let it go. (laughs) If there is one question that you want people who are thinking about coming on the pilgrimage just to be reflecting on and be like, this, this is like the question I'm going to be holding dear, is it? Like, what are the ways you could be kinder to yourself? Show yourself grace? That's what I'm getting. But how would you say it? Yeah. How can you be kinder to yourself? How can you forgive yourself? And by forgiveness, it doesn't mean everything I've ever done is okay. I've never messed up in my life. I'm, I've never been bad. But it is just about, I made a mistake. I'm going to correct it moving forward. 
And I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to stop being mean to myself about that mistake. Like if that's the context of, you know, what we're talking about. Sure. So, yeah. So I, I want people to be thinking about how to use the resources that come into your life for yourself and learning how to take what you can use, right? Because that's the thing about like criticism. You don't necessarily always want to take your editor's notes on a draft or something, you know, you can pick and choose. Actually, I would like to keep this line in the story. You know, I'm, I'm in writer's mode. So I, I apologize that this is the only comparison I can think of right now. So how to be kinder to yourself, how to use the resources that come to you to be kinder to yourself and how to say no to what does not fit your life. I love the idea of walking around Scotland with you in a romance novel and wonderful pilgrims thinking about how to offer grace to ourselves and how to be kinder to ourselves. That is that is a vision of my future that I am very happy with. Same. And I think it's that that expression, you know, right? Like put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help somebody else. So if you're able to be kind to yourself, then that will spread outward and you can be kind to others. Because if you're only kind to everybody else and not kind to yourself, it kind of rots you from the inside. That's how I feel about it. And I think if we are, when we're on the pilgrimage and we're thinking about how to be kind to ourselves and we're having these glorious walks and breathing that incredible fresh air, I think that will also help like kind of see a clearer yeah. picture, you know, once we have stepped away from the context of our lives in these very like hurried spaces that we're in. And we're now we're in, you know, we get to Scotland and we have the ability to like breathe a different air. It's just like clear up so much for ourselves. So sometimes you just need to remove yourself from a, a situation to get a better view. Amen. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. Everybody, you can join us on this pilgrimage by going to readingandwalkingwith.com. But regardless of whether or not you do, I'm going with Nicole. So I'm going to be great. <laughs> I can't wait to see everybody there. I know. It's going to be so good. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed getting to know Nicole Perkins a little bit better. She really is one of our favorite writers and cultural minds. And I personally feel so lucky to be going on a pilgrimage with her in May of 2024. And I hope that some of you do that as well. So you can learn more about it at readingandwalkingwith.com and clicking on Upcoming Pilgrimages. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.